Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Today, Monday, October 23rd, is the optional memorial for St. John of Capistrano. In just a few minutes, our friend Maggie Wright will join us here in the cafe to talk about Catholic life coaching. And then at 8.30, Bill Messerly will come into the cafe to share stories from last week's EWTN radio conference. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Would you start us with a prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. We thank you for your goodness and for your blessings. And particularly, we thank you for your love, that you've loved us to the point of death, to rising and to wanting us to be in union with you forever. We ask that you help us to honor that, to to cherish that, and to draw closer to you. And in the midst of that, to draw others to you as well. We offer ourselves to you through the intercession of Mary. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I know we're going to talk about this more with Bill coming in at 8.30. The EWTN radio conference. Yeah. yeah Big deal. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously you made it back safely. I did make it back safely. It's been a very full week, a very full weekend. So... Yeah, I, if I was being honest, I'm kind of tired, but also excited to be with all of our friends here in the cafe. Yeah, and through the wonderful technology that our engineer Greg Savaldi has put into place, it was like you were right here with us, yeah. albeit virtually. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting getting to use the Comrex, which is basically the portable way to do the radio. And so it was exciting to get to use that for the first time and to experience being a part of and the morning show, but remotely. <laughs> and you made it through TSA, okay, with the uh, equipment. Well, I did, but I just heard a story this morning that Bill did not. <laughs> so Uh-oh. maybe he'll tell us that. I think they just stopped him to check the bag, maybe because of the Comrex. Like, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. just a bunch of equipment. But we're all back, and it's good. I enjoyed the uh, encounter that you had with uh, one of the servers. He took care of you because you were getting ready to do a radio show that was so nice of him yeah so he had recognized me from the night before when we were all gathering together for the opening you know refreshments and whatnot and and then the next morning because I was going to be missing breakfast so that I could be in the cafe with all of our friends I ran down early before breakfast even started and um he know he's like yeah I know you I served you last night and I said, can I just grab something real quick? He's like, oh, of course, we got to get you on the radio. So <laughs> it was just, you know, real good Southern hospitality, very joyful. And he whip, whipped up some grits. <laughs> yeah, there were some grits ready. So I, he helped me put a plate together. Fantastic. Our gospel today is, I think it would be considered a hard teaching maybe 
for uh, Americans in particular, since we're Americans. I know it's a hard teaching uh, around wealth and affluence and materialism. Mm -hmm. So this is a passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. What did you want to hone in on, Amanda? Well, towards the end of the gospel there, you know, he's talking about this idea of this, this young, this rich man who has a bountiful harvest and how he, he says to himself, well, then I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones and, and store the grains and the goods and say to myself that I have many things stored up and I will eat and drink and rest and be merry. And then God says to him, you fool this night, your life will be demanded of you and the things that you have prepared to whom will they go? And it ends with, thus will it be for the one who stores up treasures for himself, but not rich in what matters to God. And that really struck me because it reminds me of something that, that happened um, this, this weekend. Actually, I had a, we were all at a conference and I had a friend say, she said, I, I love going to these conferences and being fed, but I have to be careful not, not to go to too many without giving. Mm. And that mm-hmm. really struck me because, you know, sometimes we can have this tendency, or at least I know myself of, of wanting to grow so much in the Lord and to have union with him and, and, um, you know, just to just be fed, whether it's reading or praying in whatever way, you know, filling my heart or filling my mind, but also that, um, I'm, I'm called to give what I receive. I'm, I'm called to serve and to not, not just store up things for myself, but, um, to trust in the Lord and to store up those things of heaven. And, and yes, that means the edification of myself, but, but for the sake of others for that service. I like that. I, I hadn't, I didn't have that perspective on it. I was thinking very much materially uh, mm-hmm. that, that the rich man in his abundance, you know, should, should rather than building bigger places to store it and keep it for himself. He should have, you know, shared it with others. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I really appreciate your take because in, in the spiritual gifts and the, in all the blessings that we've received, uh, yeah, there is uh, an inclination to, to hoard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even asking ourselves, okay, well, Lord, what talents and gifts have you given me? And, and doing that reflection so that you could give well mm-hmm. of knowing, okay, this is actually what you're calling me to, and this is how I'm going to give. Because really, I mean, all, all, all those gifts, all the, all those blessings, yeah, they, they fill us, but that's not what God wants, right? I mean, yeah, he wants to fill us, but when we say more, Lord, more, Lord, give us more, mm-hmm. it, it really is for love of God right. and love of neighbor. And I, I love this idea of this prayer of um, fill me to overflowing, Lord. Because if I'm overflowing, then that overflow in particular means to others. Mm-hmm. That it that I fill me, Lord, so that I can give to others, so that I can overflow, so I can be your hands and your feet, um, so that I can love others as you love others. Very good. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, friends, yeah, walk with this today. If, uh, uh, if you have the opportunity, again, Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Introduce our friend, Maggie Wright. Maggie, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. Thank you. Good I'm to glad see to be you. Here. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has been a while. What's so. new in the right life? Oh, well, we have several in college. We have, well, last night, my husband and I, I'm tired because we had the grandbaby. You too, huh? Oh, yeah. We had two grandbabies <laughs> over because my son had to go to an appointment this morning. So we watched the grandbabies. and um, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. Two? Yeah, two. Boy and a girl, little Miss Maria and little Mr. Christopher. And um, Christopher was kind of missing his mom because, you know, he... He nurses, and Grandma was given a bottle at 2 o'clock in the morning. He was not having mm. it. So, <laughs> and Grandma was going, oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> this used to be so much easier when I was younger. So, yeah. but, yeah, it's good. It's good. I love them. I love, I enjoy them a lot. So, yeah. And you're at uh, St. Francis de Sales in Newark yes, with Father Sizemore. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Wright is Mr. Deacon yes. Eric Wright. Yeah, he is. So. And he's been in here in, uh, for the spirit drive with us. Yeah. I th- yeah. Was he shooting yeah. hoops, I believe? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Father Dave won. You know, he always wins. So <laughs> the two of them just go back and forth with each other on the altar over it. So I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about life coaching and yeah. what it is. But I think one way to understand what it is is by saying what it isn't. Yes. Right. I mean, mm. it's in the context of spiritual direction, counseling mm-hmm. or therapy. Yeah. How, how is life coaching different? So life coaching um, itself, and we'll at least even take the secular sense, is working towards a goal. Okay. okay. Um, good life coaching usually has a mindset component to it because one of the reasons we don't reach our goals have to do with our thoughts have to do with the feelings that we have and then the actions that come after that. So um, secular life coaching, uh, mindset coaching is I don't like my thought. My thought's not leading and it doesn't have a good trajectory. So just change it. (laughs) Is is that mindfulness? Is is that how? Yeah. Is that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's this, this idea, it totally leaves the Lord out of it. So to tell you my story, um, I was working at St. Francis de Sales, totally out of balance. Um, this was back in 2017, just as Father Sizemore was coming in. Um, working, raising my children, um, I had gained a tremendous amount of weight. Um, you know, I remember um, just always feeling like, you know, I just couldn't get ahead, you mm-hmm. know, in, in any of it. I would try to diet, then I'd try to muscle through that. I'd try to change and, and balance. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a really choleric type temperament. And I just, I'd try to muscle through it, couldn't seem to muscle through it. I was constantly bringing it to the Lord. You know, something's got to change. You know, I'm out of balance at home. I'm out of balance at work. It's showing in my body because the body makes visible, you know, it's theology of the body, what's going on in the interior life. And, you know, I, it, good Catholic mom, but 
um, doing all the right prayers, doing all the, the right things, going to daily mass. But I was an absolute interior mess because I couldn't seem to move forward. Yeah, now, uh, part of this, do you think, is because you were caring so much for the others in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it was. Yeah. Caring for the others, trying to do too many things, not prioritizing your life. You know, there is an order to life. You know, there's God first. And then God says, love your neighbor as yourself. So that implies you're taking care of yourself. You know, so there is an element of self-care there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, your marriage or your vocation, whatever that may be. And then everything else should fall under that. And that's not what was happening (laughs) in my life at all. So I was actually pulled aside by some people that love me very much. And um, one of the things I was told was, hey, you know, you are probably one of the hardest working people I have ever met. You are a, you know, just a pillar in regards to, a, you know, a mother and Catholic mom and, you know, so on and so forth. But you're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just only friends who love you mm-hmm. can say that. <laughs> and in love, you know, it was you're a mess. And so um, the suggestion was made to find a life coach, somebody that could help me order my life in some sort of balance, you know, and then maybe work on some nutrition, maybe work on some exercise and just kind of get, you know, things in order. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you find a Catholic life coach? Well, I didn't find one. I found a secular life coach. And so I started with that and uh, God love him. Just, you know, lovely man, AJ, but very new agey. And he would, he would tell me things, you know, like make your list of affirmations and then this is how you're going to become it. You're going to say it over and over again. You know, God was totally left out of this whole process. Um, you know, you don't like your thought, your thoughts, because I mean, it is true. Our thoughts, you know, do, we, we have thousands of thoughts a day. Some of them good. Some of them do not lead to a, a good place. Okay. And our thoughts do lead to a feeling. And from the feeling, then we choose an action. You know, feelings, you know, emotions, morally mm-hmm. neutral. Thomas Aquinas says that. Um, but this is kind of the trajectory of it. And it's, it's actually growth and virtue to know, hey, this thought is getting me into trouble here. It's, it's as simple as, so if I'll give you an example. You have a father. Wife says, hey, keep our daughter out of grandma's room because grandma's sick. Or, or no, because the daughter is sick and we don't want to, you know, get grandma sick. So dad's not watching the daughter and the daughter toddles into the room. And the mother simply asks one question when she comes back into the room. Hey, did you let, you know, her go into the room? You know, were you watching her? It's a simple question. Well, dad can go in a different direction. Oh, she's attacking me. And immediately hit defensive. Mm. Immediately have that anger, hit defensive and then, of course, do what is not virtuous. Okay. Well, then he's got a choice at that point. He can change that thought to, hmm. she's just asking a question. Okay, period. And then he comes at it from a better you know, point of view. It's more neutral. And then it's, okay, I'm going to answer the question. Rather than have this attacking fight with his wife. So there is some, there is truth in this. You know, we are told to take captive every thought for Christ. But the problem is, is secular mindset coaching has you muscling through this process versus taking it to Christ. 
because when you are struggling with whatever it is that's not getting you to your your um goal or whatever it is that you're working towards and life coaching always has a goal that it's working towards okay that's there's a difference between that and spiritual direction i am not a spiritual director mm-hmm. okay um and i'm not a counselor either so there's always a goal that you're working towards but when you're working towards that goal you need to be able to bring christ into it we have a unique design and so as i was going through this process with with aj god love him I'm looking for something. And he told me, said, you know, if you can't, if you can't subscribe to what I'm, I'm teaching you, he said, what do you believe? I, you know, I'm Catholic, you know, it, well, what do Catholics do? You know, Bible, you know, catechism. And he says, okay, we'll start looking there. You know, second Corinthians takes every cap- uh, thought captive for Christ. And mm-hmm. then when I read that, it just like rang through my body, Wow. you know, and I'm like, okay, so there's truth in this. So God lead me to what is true here, because I I do know that I need to change what's going on in my life and how I'm showing up. And on the internet, I found, I actually found this lovely journal, and I'll give you guys each one that came from Metanoia Catholic, and it kind of takes you through a thought process and thought, oh, this is really good stuff. And then they have this whole academy, and then I suddenly started learning from them and coaching from them they they train catholic coaches is what they do and i found so much value in that because in order to do this you need to understand the unique design of who god made you to be and then work through that you know it's not a simple muscling through that that you know secular life coach coaching seems to think that you need to do um so it was, I mean, I, you know, you learn your temperaments, you learn your strengths, Clifton strengths. You know, we all have strengths. We all have certain ways that we show up. You know, how are you going to live into that? Um, I gained so much value, the value in understanding why am I walking to the refrigerator and eating? What am I buffering for? What am I, you know, doing? And, and bringing that to God. Okay, God, I need you to meet me here. I lost 159 pounds through this whole process. Wow. When people look at my before and after pictures, because I love to show them, they go, oh, wow, what an amazing transformation. But what they don't understand is what truly transformed was what was inside of me, Mm -hmm. in my mind, in my heart, and it was God that did that. Mm. I brought that over and over and over to prayer with him, thoughts that I struggled with, you know, things that were, you know, just a simple thing that kept me out of balance. It was a very, very simple thought. It's, I have to fix it. So it, it made me think, oh, I got, I got to be the one to do everything. You know, I'm very choleric. So understanding my, my temperament was a good part of that. Um, but I kept bringing that back to God, you know, and oh, no, let me fix it. Mm-hmm. You're not even giving him any room to work, Maggie, you know, and he told me that you're you're not letting me work. You're not letting me come in alongside you and work with you. You know. So it sounds like you really started with what's going on inside. Yeah. Taking that to the Lord and then allowing it affect the outside. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And the and the process that Metanoia had, I mean, just took into um, the the unique design you know, of who I was. Um, we all took that into consideration and then being able to bring it to him because in anything, if you leave him out of it, it's not going to lead to, you know, yeah. 
Maggie writes here in the St. Gabriel Cafe with us this morning. I could see there being kind of a weird um, prosperity gospel type thing that can happen too, even with Christian life coaches that you do this, God will bless you. Mm, A lot of time we think of the prosperity gospel in terms of financial prosperity, but I mean, it could be health. It could be, um, you know, a number of different things there, but having that Catholic understanding, I, I think is so critical here. And I can also see where a life coach then would re- really work hand in glove with a spiritual director mm-hmm. and, or, or a counselor because often what we see is, is the goal or what the hindrance is to us achieving a goal doesn't get to what the root cause is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and we... If, if we don't attack the root cause and then bring that to Christ and, and, you know, cause secular life coaching is just, you know, change your thought or go to any goal. Okay. If mm-hmm. that goal that you're leading towards is not going to lead you towards what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, then it is not a worthy goal mm-hmm. at all. And so taking that and putting that in you know because we do have desires we all have desires our desires are not bad okay that's what we do with them because they're placed there by the lord we have desires bringing those to him let him refine them let him refine that goal let him help you get where you need to be you know yeah so then maggie what is the difference between catholic life coaching counseling and spiritual direction there's a big difference there so a lot of spiritual directors spend time um, doing the human formation that happens with Catholic life coaching, with mindset coaching, um, just to get to the point where they can be, you know, working with their person. But spiritual direction is taking a person into a deeper level in union with God and is moving him forward in the spiritual life. There is a spiritual element to Catholic life coaching because we do everything, you know, with the Lord in mind okay mm-hmm. but it is not the same sometimes people go to seek a spiritual director and what they really need is a coach for a while okay but sometimes they both work contingent together counseling is totally different counseling brings you into a different element where they are working with you in a psychological aspect that you know coaches I, I'm not a counselor <laughs> at all so and we have a great I mean here in the Diocese of Columbus, Spirit of Peace Counseling, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I have clients that go to counseling. Yeah. You know. But, well, and there's yeah. also a growing number of spiritual directors, too. Mm-hmm. So, I, yes. so I see when these three pieces or these three elements come together, really good things yes. can happen. Yes. Yes. Uh, my personal coach, it's kind of amazing. There are coaches that are spiritual directors, too. She is not just a Catholic life coach. She is also a spiritual director as well. Mm-hmm. So, and she's also a clinical counselor. So she brings all three elements into it. Wow. So it's really, yeah, that's amazing. I, I will probably never go that far. You know, I just was trained to be a Catholic life coach. So, yeah. Now, the people that come to you for coaching, 
what are they looking for most? Um, well, they in, have in terms of goals, is it, it? It depends. So I like I had a married couple that came to me, and they wanted to um, they wanted to start a business together, and they wanted to progress, you know, farther in it. But they were having some difficulty in um, figuring out where they were going, especially in their relationship together. Okay, uh, because this, you know, when married couples were together, it can be a little you know, muddy there. So I first took them through their temperaments. I took them individually through their temperaments and their strengths so that they understood their own unique design. But then I brought them together so that they could understand each other's. And it was really, really amazing to watch because basically all I do is show people what their minds are, you know, what they're thinking and give them time to, to make some decent choices with the Lord. But, um, it was amazing to see them change the way that they were relating and start to understand, you know, the wife, the husband had, you know, Clifton strengths. If, if you understand anything about Clifton strengths, he had high responsibility. So that high responsibility though, would keep him at work from, you know, six o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. And so he was understanding how he was using that talent, not in a, 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 virtuous way but in more of a vicious way you know something that isn't virtuous Mm. so catholic life coaching very distinctly works towards virtue taking what is vicious that we're doing and and or things that are going to lead us into something that is vicious or not good and helps you to develop the virtue that you need so that you are heading towards virtue um, so with this married couple, it was really lovely to watch them, you know, just kind of come together and start their business. I have another woman. I actually helped her. Her goal was to lose weight. I have a nutrition certification too, so I can help people with that. But any diet will work. Okay. As long as it's sound, there are just sound principles. Any diet will work. It is really what is going on inside that keeps you going to the refrigerator and buffering with food or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that you're doing. So, um, and then, you know, learning how to lose that weight and keep it off takes a lot of mindset work because life is always going to be there, you know. And so I've worked with her and she's at 114 pounds lost. Um, so, and I've had Catholic mothers. I had a Catholic, I have a Catholic mother that um, I do life coaching with and help her, you know, she's homeschools her kids and kind of help her navigate, um, you know, that whole trajectory of homeschooling the kids and balancing her life and ordering her life. So, yeah. Now they come to you with a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you work with them, number one, to make sure that that goal is yes. is the right goal? That's and then... the first thing. Okay. You you really need to, to first... you. You need to understand that the goal that you're going towards is going to lead you to what is good, true, and beautiful. You know, if, if you know, if I get a father that's coming to me and he's talking about, you know, I'm going to leave my job. It's the only source of income for my family and I'm going to do this. I'm, you know, and I'm just going to cut it off and do it. I'm like, eh, no. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's have a talk about this. Let, let's talk about what your desire is. His desire is to be an entrepreneur and that's great. That's, that's a good desire. If that's really, you know, let's, let's bring that to the Lord, figure out if that's what the Lord is asking you to do. And then how can you do that without risking the security of your family? You know? So, um, yeah. 
do you, do you come across a lot of folks that are involved in secular life coaching? It not, I'm talking about Catholics. Come across Catholics that are yeah. involved in secular yeah. life coaching, not even knowing that a Catholic approach is available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's one of Metanoia's missions is to have a Catholic life coach in every parish because it's it's so valuable. It is so valuable. And so many people will go to a secular life coach to try and get to where they need to go with their their businesses or whatever it is that their goal is. But yeah, I've come across quite a few. So. Go ahead, Amanda. Um, yeah, Maggie, you've you've used this word a couple times, buffering, and so I kind of want to dive into your own story because it sounds like um, just Catholic life coaching helps with um, one understanding your identity mm-hmm. um, as a child of God, and then two, like you said taking those every thought captive and bringing them to Christ. Yeah. And so when you're sharing your own story about, okay, what, why was I going to the fridge? What am I buffering from? And maybe you can tell us what, before you even found life coaching, was this not even something that you were aware of that you were just kind of doing? And so I wasn't, I I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of why I was overworking or, you know, um, cause I buffered in a lot of ways. I wasn't just going to the fridge. Mm-hmm. I buffered in overworking. I buffered in throwing myself into, from one project. I was a yes person. You know, you got the yes, yes, yes. And then very choleric with, I can do it all. You know? So, which definitely doesn't always lead where it should lead. Um, especially if there is no balance. So, um, no, I, I wasn't aware of why I was doing the things I was doing. You know, you'd go and you'd, you'd do, um, just to lose weight, okay? You'd do a diet, and the diet works. But the minute, first of all, you're doing a diet, a lot of times you do one that requires you to morph into somebody that you are not, hmm. you know, right away, you know, which is not possible. Um, and so then you do it for a while, you kind of white-knuckle yourself all the way through it without dealing with what the, the how did you get here? Mm, you know the root cause yeah how did you get here what has brought you to this point that is causing you to to do this so so that word buffering then you're using as what am I keeping how am I almost I guess keeping myself from thinking these thoughts or yeah, or yeah. or um, not wanting to go deeper and figure out what emotionally mm-hmm. is going on yeah exactly okay, okay. exactly so sometimes and, and it's like a vicious cycle because you will buffer because, I mean, for me, it was a buffer. I was buffering over shame. You know, I was buffering over sorrow. Um, when it, it was it was a very deep issue for me. I had buried four children. Mm. And with each child that we lost, um, and I watched my, my husband. It was always very beautiful. He would, he would actually lower our children into the grave itself. Mm-hmm. And, but it's very symbolic. I think about that in my head because as he did that, Part of me went to, mm-hmm. and so I was—I had not dealt with that grief, I had not dealt with that sorrow. So food became my drug of choice, you know. Overworking became my drug of choice, because rather than deal with those emotions that were there, and rather than deal with what was leading, where that was leading. Um, that became my drug of choice. Yeah. So, yeah. And I would actually suppose that so many of us are doing those things and we don't even recognize yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where this, the importance of maybe Catholic life coaching would come into play. Yeah. And well, and there are different types. So like if you, 
Metanoia has several resident coaches. We have one, um, Miss Emily, and what she does, she helps women who have lost multiple children um, deal with the emotions that they've had. Now, she's not a counselor. Just kind of get through that the thoughts and mm-hmm. the emotions that are going through there. Um, we have another gentleman, Marty. He's he just a lovely man. And what he does is he tends to help men who struggle with pornography. Mm. And he helps them with the thoughts that are leading towards that um, that addiction. So um, another, you know, couple, um, Abby and Mark, they work together with um, couples, you know, and, and help them, you know, in their marriages. Um, um, yeah, so there's just, just different types. You know, mm-hmm. some people have different niches, I guess you'd say. So so how would you discern then um, if you need a Catholic life coach or a spiritual director or a counselor? Are are these like steps that you take? Mm-hmm. First you need this and then this? Or is it you start where maybe you most need it first? What would you suggest? Well, when you decide what it is you need, if it's a goal that you're working towards, I mean, just a simple, tangible goal, then you need a Catholic life coach. If you are, you know, very deep in your spiritual life and you just want to take that to another level, you definitely need a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would argue you need both. Mm -hmm. I I would argue with that because, you know, the spiritual director needs to be helping you reach that level. The the Catholic life coach is going to help you on the human formation. So then for our friends who are thinking, actually, I think I really do need to reach out to a Catholic life coach and see if this could be beneficial, how could they find that information? Well, good place is metanoiacatholic.com. They can go there and they can click on um, one-on-one coaching because they do train coaches and they have resident coaches. They can even email me. It's maggiew at metanoiacatholic.com. They can do that. How important is it to have uh, that face-to-face interaction, or can a lot of this be done Some virtually? of it can be done by Zoom. Yeah, so I do have clients I work with by Zoom. I have clients that walk into my office. I have people from the parish that just walk into my office. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. That website again is? It is metanoiacatholic.com. Excellent. Maggie Wright, thanks for being with us this morning in the cafe. Great to see you. We have to catch up. Yeah, we do. do. Coming up in just a couple minutes is Bill Messerly. Be speaking with Amanda and me about last week's EWTN radio conference. Fill your mug and come back in a couple.